Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. For the path coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> it was necessary to be done. I don't know. It's the two of us, so I felt like I really had to come in strong. No, yeah, I think that was the right thing to do. All right. Uh, I hope over the last few weeks that you've been enjoying the back catalog of Life from the Path. Just know, here's the, if you're a fan of the show, uh, I'm continuing to backfill. Uh, every, I don't know, every two weeks, three weeks or whatever, I might be released uh, two or three episodes. Oh, and so if you, if you haven't listened to Live from the Path lately, you just have not listened to Live from the Path. Go ahead and refresh the uh, podcast and scroll all the way down to the bottom or the top, depending on how you have it sorted, and uh, look for the old hits. In fact, I was listening to one on the way here today <laughs> about uh, Operation Christmas Child, where we are under the impression that they're <laughs> ripping... It, it, the deal actually it was an interesting conversation. I kind of forgot about this, but like, so when you do Operation Christmas Child, you send the boxes over there. Yep. But then, like, the churches that the boxes are going to to distribute them have to pay. Oh, really? It's not free. It doesn't get all the way to them. They have to pay for oh, they have the, like it, postage in country shipping. Oh, and okay. So, so for some churches, it could be like five bucks a box, seven bucks a box. Oh, that sucks. Right, and you think you know you're you're because you pay for shipping here, right? You're like, it gets right to the door of the lovely Namibian child who needs it. But no, it gets held up in, at the airport till someone comes and picks it up. Hey, man, that happens them. in a lot of countries to where, like, they'll get extorted at the at, at the airport, too. Like, if the government's pretty rough in the area, like, they'll they'll be shaken down for that kind of stuff, too. Right. So, like, oh, boy. I don't like it. I don't I, like that I, at all. She's, oh. like, slap a five on the outside of the box. That's what I'm saying is that like if someone said, look, you give an extra two bucks, it'll get to its place in country. Like, right. I'd give it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was an oh, interesting man. conversation. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. All oh, right. Here's the deal, though. Oh, Operation Christmas Trouble. That's what the episode oh, called. Yeah, that was a real quippy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've been on the show since I was 18 years old. 18. Let's have it. Yeah. If you find yourself in this back catalog yeah. and uh, and I have said something stupid, one Nothing has changed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And two, I can only apologize. I can't change what's happened. I was a fool and still am in many ways. I'm maturing, thankfully. But, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've said. If you find yourself listening to something that's particularly offensive, I apologize for my younger self. I did not have good ideas. And I also did not have a filter to stop myself from talking. And the good Lord made it to where I was on a recorded podcast since I was uh, barely an adult. And so, oh boy, I, I apologize that all that stuff is is out in the interwebs and I cannot take it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. All right, oh, man. Here's what we got going on the show today. Uh, Booba, you've got a couple Ask the Pastors. Yes. Yeah, I got a couple things that have, that have happened in my reading over the last couple of weeks. Um these ones, these ones are more possibly funny than uh, than than me trying to like really figure things out. But like, I just every once in a while, uh, I, I find myself in a place where I I caution myself to not read my Bible too quickly. Yeah, because like it's it's sometimes easy, especially if you find yourself in a place where like you you feel like uh, it's difficult to get passionate about the things that the Lord is saying. 
because you're either confused or it's 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 that kind of day kind of situation or whatever. Yep. I I have to stop myself and go, okay, did I just read something too quickly cuz that hit me weird. That's why. And do I yeah. need to take a step back and look at that and then sometimes I read something and I go, I know that I've read this book before. How did I not notice that the first time? Like mm. how did I not pay attention to that the first time? And that's been the kind of it's been the, the a couple things that have happened this week, so. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll hit some ask the pastor. Um I don't know. I looked at a couple articles. Maybe we'll get to them. Maybe we don't. We should uh, do a quiz. We should do. Actually, maybe we will do a quiz. We haven't done a quiz in a long time. We'll see how it'll basically be you having the right answer and then me going, no, I think that's over here. And then you just put in what you do and then it'll be the right answer. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We should do a really hard quiz together. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to find. Yes. I'm going to find a quiz. Yeah, we're going to do a really hard quiz together to see if Ben and I can uh, can answer better than at least to, you know, the 9% of Christians that probably got uh, got this thing right. Yeah. Okay. Uh we'll yes. do that. I and I had oh, oh newest quizzes. How old are these? I was going to say are those they're still putting quizzes out? I mean this have you have I ever shown you this? I think I've seen the website. <laughs> quiz. Is it like a WordPress website? It's pretty rough. Yeah, okay. The last the last <laughs> updated quiz was 2008. Oh, geez. And the quiz was titled Abishag. Abishag. From Women in the Bible. The whole, there's a whole quiz on Abishag? Abishag? Wow. Who is that? Uh, isn't that... Uh, I know Abishag. No, Abishag. It's a, it's a lady. Abishag. What book? Uh, okay, hold on. We'll just look her up real quick. Just to... Just to <laughs> we'll do some pretest. Pre-te- pre-test at least get context into where she's I at. Thought, I thought that was the name of... Uh, with, the, with David. Uh, his, his second lady? Uh, let's see. A uh, beautiful young woman of Shunem, chosen to be a helper and servant to King David in his old age. Oh. Among her duties was to lie next to David and pass on oh. her body heat. Yeah, the lady blanket. Yeah, that's right. That's Is that right. where we get shag carpet from? Definitely. Shag blanket? Definitely. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, maybe we better not take that one. Oh, no, that's going to be rough. Okay, maybe we'll skip that. Um, okay. I got, and just real quick, I, I'm going to share a, a, I don't know, just a, um, I don't know, just, just a God story. So we were on vacation, my family and I, for the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks, which is super interesting. I, I don't recall ever being on vacation for that long. Right. Like, that's been, that's been a long time uh, to be away. And uh, it, it was, generally speaking, pretty good. As, as uh, tends to happen, my wife and I kind of fought for a few days, because uh, you could drive in a car for a long time. Yep. Uh, figure out a time to have all the conversations you haven't had uh, time to have in your in your house with four kids. Oh boy! And then you find out that you just disagree on things. Um, <laughs> oh no! So we and some of that um, some of that was my fault, frankly. And so <laughs> okay. Anyway, we, we get to it all uh, it gets it gets settled down. But like the whole time, my wife has been kind of praying, "Hey, we're going to be out and about." And like, there's just something about going on vacation. We drove. Like, we took our car. We drove everywhere. We stayed in mostly in hotels that I. Had points for from nice. having traveled for work. Um, boy, we got hosed on a couple of them though. Like, um, it's it's Columbus Day. It was over Columbus Day, uh-huh. and uh, everybody's in the Northeast to look at the leaves, the leaf oh, colors, right? Oh, right. And so um, we hadn't, we had not, didn't know where we were going to be on like the Friday night and the Saturday night before yeah. Columbus Day, right? And so because we didn't know, I couldn't pre-book the hotels, uh, and so okay. now we're searching around and like there is nothing available. And we ended up, I think I ended up paying, I mean, 300 bucks or something for a hotel that should have cost 110. Oh, no. Oh, like it, and it was either one of those or like 
just a real roach motel. Oh, no. I, I, in fact, I, I, had, uh, I, I was looking so much. I was looking for – our family's too big to, to do most right. like Airbnbs yep. um, or things that would be cheap or anything. Yeah. And like uh, I got in my mind, I'm just going to rent an RV for a night. Like I'm not going to travel in it. No. I'll just rent it. Yeah. We'll park in the Walmart and like sleep there. <laughs> yeah, and then right. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, it didn't work out because I was like say it didn't work. Most of those were rented out. The price was right. <laughs> like you could have done it for like seventy bucks. I would have thought nobody else would have thought of that. Actually, uh, I, I think people legitimately had rented the RV. Oh, okay. Not, <laughs> I'm the only guy not to like for, pick for, up, like, drive to Walmart, drop it back off. <laughs> right. Okay. So anyway, I um, uh, my wife had been praying kind of the whole time. Like it, it just felt it feels um. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to look for the right word and not elitist, but like, I mean, who gets to be, not everybody gets to be gone away yeah. from their job and life. Uh, like we homeschool. So like, it wasn't a school problem, but like, you know, you know, not everybody gets to be gone for two right. weeks yeah. or roughly, yeah. you know? And like, like I said, it wasn't particularly luxurious. Uh, we were in Fairfields, the middle, you know, and driving our car around, everyone's stuffed in there, yep. just looking at trees and hiking and things. Um, but whatever, it just, it does feel self-centered. Yeah, uh, I get that. And, and so, anyway, my wife had been praying the whole time. Said, "Look, this just help us to have our eyes open in case is there anything that we can be about? You yeah. know, just but outside of everyday stuff. Hey, mm-hmm. we're 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 nice to people. We pray for people. Blah blah blah. Right. But um, help us not to miss anything that God has going on around us. Simply because we're out here doing something that like we plan focused on our ourselves. Yeah, that's fair. So we get to the last day." That were there, and I wake up uh, the, the night before. I pulled in a hotel, and all of a sudden, there's like a weird chunk under the car. Kunk, kunk, when I hit the brake, I'm like, the brake, the brake system is not super complicated, right? Uh, and I, and and I frankly had just changed uh, the uh, the lower control arm on both sides of the front of the vehicle, so I'd have had this whole wheel assembly apart, mm-hmm. brakes and calipers included. And I thought, okay, well, this kind of makes sense. I've I'm just poor at what I do, possibly. <laughs> um, and so, it, but it turned out that the, there was something wrong with the car. The brake system, there was a bolt that had like worked its way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but luckily, this thing had happened before on this same car like three years ago. Whatever this bolt is, it's I'm either bad at it or it's stubborn or both. Yeah. And so um, luckily, I think to myself, well, I, I need to get to the auto parts store. I got to go get another bolt. And um, I, I asked, I, I thought, well, I'll do an Uber. I tried to limp this thing like I'm going to drive it over there. That was that failed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's making a lot of weird noises and prob- probably would have broken worse. But like, so I right. get a hold of an Uber. Dude comes up. His name's James. Okay. James comes to pick me up, and um, I just I'm not chatty. Like, <laughs> I'm just I'm not a chatty people man. Like I'd right. I, I'd get in the car and just sit there in silence, and it would have been totally fine. Yeah. But I thought like, oh, I, I should talk to him. So that's what I do, and I talk to him. He's a lovely. He's like an older older gentleman, and he'd only been doing Uber for like a month. Uh, worked at a plastics uh, factory and was just trying to pick up some extra money. So talking to him, we get to the place and he goes, look, um, if you uh, let me, I'll hang around so you can get back. Oh, nice. I said, oh, that's cool, man. Which was double cool, frankly, because I went in there and I ended up having to buy tools that I have. Oh, gosh, but because I'm yeah. in Ohio and not Iowa, uh-huh. I got to rebuy freaking tools from the auto parts store, which are expensive. Right. So anyway, I get back in and he starts taking me back. And like, it's just it's, it's in the back of my mind. I'm like, you're supposed to pray with James. You should pray with James. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. What am I going <laughs> to do I have to? Like right now? <laughs> like Lord, <laughs> guide his wheel. Um, 
So anyway, I just like, and we're talking, and he's he lost a daughter a couple of years ago, oh, and gosh. was getting ready to travel with his he's got, he's got grandchildren, and they were going to drive go to Tennessee, and like I thought, okay, I'm, I, I think I'm supposed to pray with James, and but but in my mind, I'm worrying about it because again, not not a small conversational yeah. man, and so I'm like, right. what what am I going to say? He's like, James, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray with you. Do you mind if I do that? I thought, okay, yeah, that's maybe that's what I'll say. Yeah. So he pulls up to the drive, drops me off at the hotel, and just as like we're twenty feet away from the door, he starts talking, and then he goes, uh, "Okay, we're here. I just need to tell you, God bless you, brother, and uh, I hope I hope your your travels are successful." And I thought, "Wow, like God help me out here," because I I felt I knew I was supposed to pray with this man. Yeah, and I'm I got I'm tied up in my mind about how I'm going to start a conversation that I'm not very good at starting. Right. And he has the man just lead with, I'm just going to tell you, God bless you, brother. And so I said, James, I'm glad, so glad you said that because I just, I, I've, I, I got a very clear feeling that I'm supposed to pray with you. Do you mind if we yeah. do that? And he said, that would be great. He pulls up like another 10 feet past the door, turns around. We hold hands, just a couple Aww. of fellas in the car praying. I prayed, uh, prayed for our cup, upcoming travels and travel for him and time with his grandkids and his blessing on his ubering or whatever wow and we got out of the car pretty now here's the thing it's pretty run-of-the-mill yeah uh situation but i I will tell you this part of the reason that i think it was on my mind is i was listening for it my Uh wife had been praying for this we had talked about it just like absolutely when the car wasn't the the thing happened with the car it's kind of a goofball thing to happen uh but but, by the way we went back in after i figured out the car was broken i said uh, hey you guys can just go back inside you don't need to sit out here in the car it's probably gonna be an hour by the time i get apart and get it fixed or whatever um so my the wife and kids go back inside and she had left her wedding ring in the bathroom oh my gosh so we would have drove if the car was working fine we we left yep we would just drove away oh my gosh like uh wedding ring was there and like she had she goes before i'd gone and, and called the uber or whatever she goes I just I wonder if we're just here for a reason, like so we're supposed to meet somebody or talk yeah. to somebody. And so the important part for me was one. Well, there were two. The first one was um, you tend to see God move when you're looking. Yeah, absolutely. And God is moving. And the question is, is, is am I looking? And like there was a part of me when my wife's talking a bit. It, she, this doesn't bother her at all. But for me, I'm like, I'm going to run into somebody. What am I going to say? Right. I can all day. I can handle people asking me Bible questions to ask me. But like, how do I understand this passage of the Bible? Like, I'm good at this. This is I'm comfortable. Right. Like. Or even conversations where I'm giving like counseling or helping people through kind of rough parts of life, it feels like um, my role is called for as a pastor. Yeah, and so I'm even comfortable there, no problem. But like like rando situations yep. throughout the day of which I'm the instigator of conversations. This is out. This is not my <laughs> normal. This is out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. And so this is the whole thing's just making me nervous. My wife's all ready for it, like looking for people. Like maybe we should talk to the lady at the front desk. Maybe she needs to <laughs> do this. Um, and so, but anyway, I was looking for it. I, yeah. my, my, and and God gave like a very clear place. It felt like a very clear place in which I was supposed to do something. And that was the second thing is where I was nervous about it and where I'm like, oh man, what am I, am I, am I looking for something that's not there? Am I reaching or whatever? Right. Uh, my father who loves me uh, sends me a bridge. He has the man that I was going to offer to pray for 
make it very easy by revealing to me that he's a Jesus man and he was going to bless me. I'm going to bless him. He's going to bless me first, you know? <laughs> and so what does it do is it prepares me for next time. Right. So that like, yeah. I'm just, it, I know this seems weird, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I, uh, with, with a bunch of other dudes, we host a Christian radio show. It's the weird, the things that tie me up. Yep. Right. It's weird. The people, like the situations I've been in, the rooms I've been in, the levels of people in society that I've talked to. This is the kind of thing that gets me. And my father loves me. And he says, let me let me just make this one easier on you. James is going to say, God bless you. And uh, and let's let's get one under the belt. That's awesome. So anyway, I just just sharing uh, in case that's helpful um, for, for yourself. Is that like, hey, man, these things aren't happening to me. I like where where are people finding these opportunities to talk and meet with people and whatever, do the work of Jesus in everyday life. One, I just you got, if you're looking for it, you'll find it. Yeah, like it, it's it's there. God's moving. And second of all. Like where you've got your own human barriers that are keeping you from doing some things like God loves you, too. And uh, this is something that we've talked about on the show many times is that like, like, I I do believe that God will bless your intent. Like the thing that you want to do in spite of your human frailties and fallibilities, if your heart is in the right spot, you're wanting to do something for Jesus, he will find a way to like to meet you in that and to help you get to, to, to see the things. Cause like, frankly, we're not going to all, in fact, all the things that God is accomplishing is through those same means. Right. Fallible human intent meets the will of the yep. Lord, his love for you and love for the things that you're trying to do. He's going to meet you and go do those things. And so just, just be open to it and don't be worried about your own, what you perceive to be your own shortcomings. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love that. Um, gosh, I, I, I feel like I, I, I have those kind of thoughts all the time and i get in my own way because i'm like i'm trying to do the things that i i am focused on yeah. like i'll find myself in a place where like i'm going to church and i see somebody and i get that like gut of my heart feeling where i'm like i need to go pray with them or talk to them about something or make sure they're okay and then i'm like i'm on my way to something else so i'm not gonna stop i gotta go do that thing and i'm like yep dang it that's the exact opposite of what i should do yeah. like i'm literally going to try and be holy to myself somewhere else and i ha- i possibly have the you know spidey senses tiggling where it's like hey that's a person Go check on them and make sure they're they're taken care of. Yep. And I'm like, nope, on my way to church or I'm on my way to the show Cannot or I'm on my way to youth group. Can't be interrupted. I got to get there, man. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. I, 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 that's that's totally cool to like be conscientious of those kind of things and then just go, all right, God, you got to handle this and make it happen because I'm frail and weird. Yep. And I'm going to get, you know, be in my thoughts about it. Yep. And, you know, and, and we've, talk, we've talked before about um, like I, it occurred to me maybe yesterday. I thought like this is the this is one of the things I want to make sure I don't. I'll forget this. I'll right. forget this in yep. three months. I'll I won't. I'll have forgotten James, and I'll have forgotten that the Lord was with me. Yep. Uh, and that he he allowed my open eyes to do something uh, for him of which I'm blessed. Uh, and so like this is an altar item for me. Like I was gonna say, uh, we, we do rocks and sticks. Mm-hmm. Rocks are the really big ones. Uh, sticks are the lovely everyday reminders that God is. Yeah, is is here, and so cool. uh, I gotta. Uh, the cats have been; uh, they really messed up our altar. And so I gotta. <laughs> they've been scratching at it. It seems real weird. The cats have been messing up they've our been, altar. They've been, they've been bothering with it. There's a, there's a, <laughs> the cats have been I at go, our altar. I get up in the morning. I'll come downstairs. Freaking cats like stretching on it. <laughs> Scratch. It's like get off that altar. There's shards of altar on the ground. <laughs> the stupid cats are in oh, there. Oh gosh, that's great. It up. The cats have been at our altar. I kind of, I have to repair it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I had, um, I, I had a similar experience um, this this last week. I was uh, uh, I was teaching on on Sunday, 
for church and I had I was at a coffee shop and um, uh, I, I didn't bring in a laptop or anything. I, I literally just had my Bible and I had two like monster commentaries on yep. on Matthew. These books are huge, mm-hmm. like a thousand pages each. And so, I mean, I look real scholarly. Yeah. Like I look studious. I am. I have. I've got these three enormous books open. I'm reading them out. And um, there's this young guy that's in front of me in in a booth. And this is actually last week. Excuse me, not this uh, this uh, two days ago or yesterday. Um, there's a young guy in front of me, and he's got headphones in, and like. I glance like I I can just see past his shoulder at one point in time and he's got like his his iPad up and he's studying like immunology or something. Yeah. Um and and is is going through like the statistics of an immunology um uh study. And I mean college level kind of stuff whatever. And I've been sitting here for maybe, you know, 2 hours. He's probably been sitting there for an hour and a half. Yep. And then out of nowhere I see this dude like take his headphone out and he turns around and looks at me. And he goes, hey, man, what are you studying? And like, I just well up and I'm like super pumped. And I'm like, actually, I'm teaching church this Sunday and I'm, I'm, I'm reading in Matthew. And I'm thinking, what a cool opportunity this is going to be. The God's like, hey, man, like I'm just, I'm sending someone to you. You're doing this work for church on Sunday, but like you're in the world right now. Take advantage of it. Right. And I go, I'm actually I'm studying for for church this Sunday. I'm teaching on Matthew. And he goes, oh. And he puts his headphone back in and he turns back around. <laughs> and, and like, just, just flat out pays me no more attention. Because he's like, oh. Because he's thinking I'm going to be able to talk to him about like, I'm studying, you know, engineering. Or I'm studying like microbiology. And here's what I know about lysosomes now. I tell him I'm studying my Bible. And he's just like, oh. Turns back around, throws his headphone in. That I awesome. couldn't, I could not stop laughing in my head. I'm like, what a great like moment for me to think, man, I'm re I'm being really holy right now. Like I'm ready to teach this weekend at, at church and I'm super pumped to be out in the world and people see me and they're like jumping in on this. And no, this guy wants nothing to do with the fact <laughs> that I'm teaching at church. He's like, nah, I could care less about that. Like, that's great. It's, it's a real crapshoot. Some of this stuff. <laughs> So uh, I, I believe at the same time, co- I was at the Smoky Row downtown. Uh-huh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and like, I ran into a guy, his name was Alex. I remember that. And uh, he came by, I'd been studying there for two, two, three hours or yeah. something. And he's, he acts real interested. He says, man, what are you looking at? I right. Say, yeah. well, I'm studying whatever the Bible book was at the time. And he goes, wow. Like, like, I, I really love to talk more with you about this. I'm like, wow, that's like, this doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. It's like coming out of a movie. And so I get the guy, I get the guy's phone number and we text a little bit and yeah. he, he works there. And so I, I just, I, I figured out we meet up like, I don't know, two weeks later because he wants to talk more about the Bible. Right. Yeah. He shows up and he's prepared something. Oh no. He, he didn't want to talk to me <laughs> where like he had Bible questions or whatever. He wanted to teach me about the book of Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> And I, so I'll be honest with you, man. It's, I didn't see this part coming. <laughs> I thought you were going to have questions for me. And he's I, like, hey, let's talk about Nebuchadnezzar's visions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and he, or dreams. He, it was, <laughs> I, it was the most awkward, I don't know, hour and 20 minutes I spent. Like he, An hour and 20 minutes. He's sitting here just wailing <laughs> off and like, and like, like he's got bulleted list. And oh, he's, talk, gosh. he's talking to me like he didn't meet me <laughs> studying actively. The scriptures. He's talking to me like I've never heard any of this stuff You're in my life. You're his missional field. <laughs> I'm like, 
No, I mean whatever. Maybe I'm maybe I'm his James in the Uber. <laughs> We're like God's like, let me give you a freebie. Oh gosh. But like I, it's it's such an odd thing because he's saying this stuff and there's rudimentary like Bible things and I'm like, yeah, that's right, right on. That's great. Amen. Whatever. What other Christian thing do I say here? I've heard I, I and mm, preach it, brother. I, a couple different and like, but he oh, wasn't gosh. even saying something because I, I thought like I remember being in the conversation and I thought, you know, you know all these things. But like maybe this is to get out some arrogance that you have. Like who cares whether you know it already? Uh-huh. Like the Lord may be moving, so just be open to whatever oh, the man's saying. And I, so for the funny. life of me, I could not. I, I did not attach to anything where I'm like, boy, yeah, that really got me. It's like, yeah, yeah, he was Bab- <laughs> Babylon. Totally agreed. <laughs> like they were facts. Yep. Exactly. And, oh, and then he he ended up like and it was some sort of you know Daniel revelation connection. I said, look, man, I. I <laughs> This is going to see bringing out apocalyptic writing on you. I like I I literally just taught this stuff like six (laughs) months ago, and what you're saying is not right. But I don't want to I don't really want to argue with you about it because like it took some stones to bring a man in here and teach him Daniel. I've said like, is this where you start with everybody, Daniel? Exactly. Like, what a weird way to start this. It's like, hey, you don't know anything about the Lord. Let me tell you about a time that he saved somebody from King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And then interpreted some weird dreams. And then Nebuchadnezzar ends up being a beast of the field and gets the dew of the morning on him and stuff like that. Now, if I I remember correctly, like he would, you know, he was a beast and that could be us. I'm like, I don't. What? I listen. <laughs> it's very specifically a hey, I you you will see yourself as a tree and you are a really great kingdom in the kingdoms of men, but I will make you lowly. Yeah. And like as a punishment for what you've done, you will you will run for seven times or seven periods of time yeah. as a beast of the field. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that was a call for everybody on that one. Right. Or just a Nebuchadnezzar situation. So I so here's the thing. I'd be interested, uh complaint line, five one five five one seven zero zero eight five, call or text. Like, what are your stories yes. on either direction? I'd love to hear from, hey, you took a shot and uh-huh. prayed with somebody or like you knew you were supposed to talk to somebody and you actually did it. Yeah. Or you, you chickened out. <sighs> Failed. Like, it's hap- I've done it. I've done it. Uh-huh. Or I'm interested, has anybody tried to proselytize to you? <laughs> you were already a follower of Jesus. Hey, and- is that a Bible? Let me yeah. tell you about Matthew. <laughs> I mean, like, it just... Or like maybe you didn't have your scriptures with you and they came up and they tried to sell you on Jesus. And even though you told them that you were a follower of Jesus, they persisted uh, like they didn't understand what you said. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. Hey, actually, that reminds me of a question in Daniel. This may be a third Ask the Pastor. Okay. Okay. So so Daniel's uh, exiled and is like in the the palace of King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Right? Yep. He gets the new name Belteshazzar, right? Mm-hmm. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is their Babylonian names. Yep. Why then do we have the rest of the narrative? Most of the time, Daniel is then reverted back to be referred to as Daniel, but we continue to refer to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as their Babylonian exiled names throughout the entire book. Like, why does Daniel get to go back to his Israelite name throughout the narrative, but the other three don't? Um, because their names like were like Azazel and Az- Azael, something like that, and then the I can't remember the other two, but yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I um, I mean, it could be author's choice. Like the the book, 
like I, I wonder if because Daniel's the key, the key character, right? Yes, and you so would, tying narratively, you would tie him back to his roots. Yeah, you would. Well, if you're if if the book is designed to point you back, it's the same. Daniel's the same thing in the book of Revelation, right? Like it's designed to help mm-hmm. a people right. yep. who feel like God may have abandoned them, still there, um, right? To be reminded that yep. He did not. Yep, and God was not a geographic God in a location that was. Bef- pre-exile he's right. still with you even if you have been exiled literally by his allowance yes. to the land that you're in or effort i sent my man i said yeah, yeah, literally I, yes. I did it i said right i send Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> against you yes because you suck yeah and so um I, you know if you're telling the story as a jew um and you're trying to remember it as the people of yeah. israel like you're going to remember the israelite mm, okay. name yeah. um yeah and so i i think the the the, the three bros uh, are limited to a single chapter, like what we would call a chapter in the story, right? right? Yeah, you get their their introduction alongside Daniel as one of the kids that get taken into Belt or uh, into Nebuchadnezzar's like kingdom yeah. or his his court court, I should say. Yeah. Then you get them being thrown into the furnace, but then saved. Yeah, that's so all you get of those three. It's less of a point of confusion. They they have a ah, limited role. It. Okay. Uh, I, it's probably be, yeah because within the context of Nebuchadnezzar, they may be using Daniel's Babylonian given name, right? Um, but everywhere else he's Daniel, and so yeah. you risk a confusion, whereas you don't necessarily probably with the other. Okay, the fair enough. Yeah, I, just, I never realized that. Like as like I said, you, sometimes I read my Bible too fast, and this last time I was going through Daniel, I was looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so Daniel, Daniel was Belteshazzar, Shazar, whatever, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were their like Babylonian names, mm-hmm. and then they never revert, revert back in the story to their right. their you know. Hebrew right. names. So, okay, fair enough. All right. Well, we're doing Ask the Pastors. Wait, you had a couple more. Yeah, I, I did. So, um, I, I've I've moved my way on into um, some of the the major or the minor prophets now. But um, I, I was reading through Ezekiel. Okay. Uh, a week and a half ago, maybe, and um, I was taking it five chapters at a time, and Ezekiel has some some thick chapters, like yep. like seventy verses at a time. Like, there's a lot happening. Yep. And as you get later on into Ezekiel, um, there's 48 chapters total. In chapter 39, um, uh, you have had up to this point, um, there have been some um, some like visualizations and dreams that Ezekiel has been privy to. Like the Lord took him to the throne room where he saw the four beasts in the very first couple of chapters. And the beasts that were attached to, well, the beasts and the cherubim were attached to the wheels. And that was all imagery that was being talked about. But then you've got... Um, chapters where it literally just is the Lord gave, you know, Ezekiel a word for his people or a word against a kingdom or a group of people. Yep. So you've got in Ezekiel 39, you've got him against, uh, I believe it's Gog. Um, yeah. Prophesy against Gog. Yeah. Prophesy against Gog at the beginning of 39. Uh, goes through this this prophesy against the like the chief priest or whatever he was the chief <laughs> I, prince I think I love, it. I love it too like tell Gog I'm against you right exactly yeah like flat <laughs> out clear go to Gog tell him Mm-mm, I'm against you now yep. but then there's this interesting narrative flip that happens in verse 17 where it turns from Gog to like the Lord tells Ezekiel to talk to a different group of things. And so in verse 17, and I'm, I'm trying not to laugh at it because obviously it's not a funny situation, but it's just, it was interesting to me as I like slowed down. So in Ezekiel 39, starting in verse 17, you've got, as for you, son of man, uh, thus says the Lord, speak to the birds of every sort and to all beasts of the field, assemble and come gather from all around to the sacrificial feast. And it goes on to be kind of heavy. Um, but like, 
it's it was interesting to me because he's literally saying to Ezekiel, who is a prophet meant to be from the mouth of the Lord, that I'm giving you these words. Go and speak to X. We've had many prophets up to this point that have done this all the way back to like. I mean, even in like the first five books of the Bible, you have prophets that are speaking and priests that are talking, stuff like that. Yep. You've got this book of Ezekiel where his whole life is being told and called. Like there, he's in exile in the beginning when he's first called. And so like God says, talk to Gog, tell him I'm against him. And then the flip is, but also tell the birds in the area and the beasts in the area that I am laying out a feast for you. Mm-hmm. One that's odd to me, just like because the in, in the realm of existence, I don't believe that this is impossible. I don't think that God would not be be able to speak to his creation. Obviously, we've got many situations in which creation cries out for the Lord. They know of him. They know of their creator. Yep. That's not new things for us. Yep. But it just threw me like it's such an interesting thing to hear. Go and tell my creatures, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field that I'm laying out for them a feast. And it is vicious and violent. Like he's like, I will crush this enemy and then i will lay this army dead before my creatures as a feast right i bring sustenance to my creatures through the destruction of my enemies but like what like that's crazy to me that that's a conversation is there any other precedence for this kind of thing like interaction with animals where it's like the lord is giving a command to animals is this is this a, a fairly well, I should say there's plenty of situations in which the Lord's command animals, but like this seems like a very isolated narrative thing where God is speaking through a prophet to something other than humans in creation and angels. Mm. Like it threw me off a little bit because from what I understand, this is meant to be a real thing. Like this is not uh, a vision. I don't believe I may be wrong on that. But I, it, from context, it doesn't seem like it is. No, I don't think it is. Um, I, so I think there's a couple of things that are in play there. I, you, we do see, um, I think, I think back to uh, the book of Jonah, uh-huh. where um, there is a call to repentance to Nineveh, and their reaction is to to put sackcloth and ashes, yep. and they put sackcloth on the animals. Right. Yes. And so, um, just the first thing that jumped to mind. And so, I, I do think that there is a. Um, a shallowness to maybe sometimes how we think about the world we, yeah. it's from a very human perspective, right. but like very us if, centered, right now, if we, if we believe thoughtfully that creation groans, uh-huh. has some sort of prescience to yep. groan for something, an awareness right. of what God created something to be like, perhaps not an articulation of it, but the, you know, God's creation is aware um, that it, it is not running how it is supposed to run. Right. Yes. Um, then it, it does actually. We, we, we talked about this on the show once. Uh, there was a conversation about God may be doing business with a rabbit. Do you remember that? Doing business with a rabbit. Kind like, of like pops a bell and very oh, far back in my brain. Gosh, I wish I could remember the conversation. But like it was around this very type of thing that uh-huh. like we think about God interacting with humans, but like God doing business with His whole creation. Absolutely, yes. Um, and so and he and we do have Him sending. Um, different parts of his creation, like yep. causing wind to blow, mm-hmm. causing trees yep. to move Absolutely. and give fruit and whatever. And so um, I, I think it's not out of place from the grand narrative for God to otherwise um, interact with his creation outside of humans. Got it. Now, 
where it is unique, or at least seems unique to me, is the it's like that the human prophet is right. actually supposed to articulate himself <laughs> to these objects, right. to these birds. Right. Like <laughs> Noah didn't go and command the animals to come to the ark. They just showed up. Right. Ezekiel is literally being told by the Lord, go speak, speak to the on behalf of me to the birds and the beasts and let them know. Like I'm just imagining him going out into the woods and going... Hopefully you can yeah. understand me, but just a heads up, yeah. the Lord is coming and and he's made a feast for you. Right. Come on out. Right. Hello. hello. Golden Corral over in the Valley of the Bones. Let's go head out. <laughs> hello, Raven. Do you have any friends? <laughs> and are you a known gossip? Because I don't know how to get a hold of all of you, but I'm you, supposed to tell the birds. <laughs> is there some bird grapevine in which you can go and talk to the other birds and let them know that the Lord's making them dinner? <laughs> like, now, what a weird deal. Now, here's what's interesting. Is that like... One, obviously, this is for as a reader. This is this is yes. for our benefit. One hundred percent. Yes. There's something about God is engaging creation and preparing it. It tells it's a deeper story, not just to say, "Hey, I will bring judgment upon these people." Right. But it will be so extensive that I'm going to have to call in reinforcements to deal with it. As a matter of fact, yeah. Um, there, um, the picture we get of um the the vultures, um. Yeah. Uh, there's a belief that like God will send um, an excess amount of vultures to go eat up bodies. Uh huh. Right. Um, I, I think that's a, a bad reading of both Matthew 24. I was going to say I thought that was Matthew stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Revelation. So, so apocalyptic stuff. I think it's a it's, it's not a right reading of it. Okay. But like it's not unprecedented. Right. That God would interact with creation based upon something He's either doing or going to do. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Okay. I, I, so I, I think it is unique. Um. The question, I suppose, is there any reason to think that it's not literal? It could just be written for our benefit. I think mm-hmm. that's possible. I think it's just as possible. In fact, I probably think it's more likely that uh, sometimes God sends the prophet to do things where you're like, is this even doing anything? Right, yes. But out of, ob- out of obedience, uh, prophets do weird things. True. They do sign acts. They do all kinds of stuff. We're like, I've been sitting on my side for months. Ezekiel did some weird stuff in the beginning, too. Like, there was a situation where he was supposed to, like, essentially pantomime and escape through the wall yeah. over a day for the people. Like, they, he was meant to be, like, you should be seen sneaking a pack of, of stuff through the wall yep. by the people. Do it in broad day so that they see that. Yeah. And, like, this is meant to be a message to, like... You will be like, this is how the Lord will deal with you and stuff like that. There's another situation, Ezekiel, where like God tells him to, I I can't remember the specifics here. It might be like bake bread on dung. On human poop. On human dung. Yes. And then Ezekiel is like, but does it have to be human dung? And then the Lord's like, fine, it can be a horse. Like, (laughs) like, wait, what? I don't have to go around there. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh, cool. As long as it's not human dung anymore, now it's horse dung. Yeah. Bake your bread in its presence or literally like on it and then eat of the bread. And he's like, maybe not human dung. And I'm like, what is happening right Right. now? Right. And so, so is based upon those two examples, you think to yourself is that outland like good lord the lord said look i just want you to pro- i want you to do the thing yeah right i want you to speak it now it will mean something here's the thing I, I would my encouragement here and this is this is for me i too is that like there's all kinds of things where you're like as a human you say hey does this matter yeah I mean, do you know that it doesn't like it's a fair question. I mean, I don't, I don't want you to speak to the birds because you're trying to have an active conversation with the birds. But like, if you're gonna, pr- you could, you, could you pray for the birds? Sure. Could yeah. You go pray out loud to them and around them. Hey, I pray for you guys. Right. I pray that God, God will provide 
and uh, whatever, you'll be comforted. I mean, it's, it's just interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, there's a t- well, here's the other consideration. How else is is this? Let me rephrase. Let me like reframe it. I think this is not about like if he does this, he tells the birds, and the birds go, "Okay, I got it. High five, right? High beak. Let's go. Yes, right. Let's go do this." Uh, it is God telling him to go do something simply so that his eyes are open to that it's being completed. Right. Right. It's a revelation of which then you get to see. Oh, God's moving. Yeah. Because uh, you go, I don't think this does anything. The birds don't even speak Hebrew, and then he goes out there and he gives his prayer off. And then if you saw friggin' eight birds go Be fly nuts. over that direction, you'd be like, Wow. I know. Whatever. They're not going to eat, drink blood right now. Right. But like, it, I, I, there are some things of which your obedience. Uh, results in your ability to see God work, yeah. not that it caused God to work. Right. It's just your eyes were open to the fact that, like, God, not only God's got this whole thing under control, and he's he's working it from all angles, let me show you. Yeah. And I think right. it's that. So, you know what? I, but my inclination is to believe that uh, Ezekiel actually did go do this. Okay. Okay, that makes sense, and I appreciate that. And that's yep. it's been interesting. Like, I've, I've read, like, the major prophets back to back to back now, and it's the first time I've ever, like, I feel like a lot of studies I've done have been either like chronologically read your Bible or jump around to here to here to here and, yep. you know, grab this random topical thing about forgiveness that's in 15 different books. Yeah. Ra- rarely ever do I find myself going from start to finish, book to book to book, spending time like long weeks, weeks, months in profits. And it's like, okay, what do I? And, and the interesting question that I've been asking myself is like, if this is a book that is much less about who am I? And much more about who is my God and who am I in light of that revelation and understanding. Yep. And all of this is meant to be, I know more about my God based off of his interactions with his people. It's definitely been a different way to read than I've yep. ever done before. Because I'm like, if 90% of this is, this is God's identity as it is told through these stories of his interactions with his creation. Yep. And then maybe 5% is who am I? In in regards to this God that says that I'm made and created by him and in his, in, in his image. And then the last five might be, what am I supposed to do with both of those sets of information? Right. And how do I run with that? And it has been a totally different realm of understanding and reading that I have never felt before. And it's been so awesome. Like such a cool book. Uh, or <laughs> what a weird way to say that. Such a cool book to read. Have you read your Bible recently? But like. <laughs> It's pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty neat. There's 66 individual books, but like, uh, it, it's been interesting because like, what hit me was is how how historically bad I've been at reading my Bible. Like, yeah. I'm just not good at it from a disciplinary perspective and from a relational perspective of like uh, right sizing what I'm trying to do. And it hit me like a freight train maybe six months ago. Yeah, that was literally like if I so my dad passed away. We all knew that. Like uh, now, four, 14 years ago, if I had a book of Sean. That was all about who he was. I would read it every single day. I would be stuck in that book because I would want to know more about his life. And I would want to memorize as many stories as I could and figure out who I am based off of what I knew about my dad. You couldn't pry that book out of my hands. I've never once thought my Bible is literally the, the, the story of our creator God and his love for us through that. And how he exists and interacts and how he does things. And what am I to know of myself from that? It's been such a cool time. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I got one last one. I think this one will be quicker. Um, this week I'm in Hosea. Okay. 
and I'm, I'm trying not to laugh, but I, I laughed very hard when I first read this. This is a very serious book. There's bad things that Israel has been doing for a very long time, being adulterous towards God, not fulfilling their covenants, just awful stuff. This is generation after generation. Now we have Hosea in chapter three. He says, and the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel. Though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. <laughs> so, so we get this story in chapter three where Hosea is being commanded to go love a very unlovable in that society person and take her in as his wife. And like, there's some heavy themes here of like God speaking of adultery, but then, and and that's taken very seriously culturally. And there are laws that are very strict about adulterous relationships and things that have to happen in light of that. And God literally at one point in time says in this book, like I won't even hold these adulterous women uh, up to the standard that you would expect because the fact is they're married to men who are just as adulterous mm-hmm. or just as as uh, adulterous excuse me and then you get this verse that's like they love other gods and they also love raisin cakes and I know that I shouldn't find that so funny, and I'm sure that there's something cultural about that, but I will tell you that I laughed very hard because I kept saying to myself, you love other gods and those raisin cakes. Those raisin cakes are a problem. The two things, adultery towards other gods and those friggin' raisin cakes. What is happening here? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, they're connected. Oh, I was not expecting that. Yeah, So, so he's not saying two things. He's saying one thing. You love other gods and raisin cakes. Um, meaning, you should think of the raisin cakes as a um, an item present at a sacrifice. Uh, um, okay, that makes sense. So, like, uh, I was and, not thinking of that. And I think we can get it if you look at that. Um, so, this is uh, using the old blue letter Bible, and if I look up that Hebrew word, the other place that it is used um, is in Second Samuel and First Chronicles, which is essentially the same reference. Um, it says, this is, this is when David is dedicating the temple. It says, then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. Right. Um, now, I mean, yes, he's giving out food to people, but like it's in, it's in a contextual worship setting. Got it. Okay. Um, And so I, I think, I think the critique here is, is that you are celebrating, worshiping, sacrificing, raisin cakes yep. as part of your worship of other gods got it okay so i okay. think i think that's what it is i figured it was going to be a quick answer like that but i i just i i was embarrassed as at first but then i was like this is real reading where i'm like i need to understand this more and i'm going to ask about this of like what's going on with the you adulterous people loving other gods and man you got to quit with these raisin cakes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, like, is this a calling out for gluttony? Like, is this a problem where they're like, these raisins might be culturally bad because only friggin' the Chaldeans raised raisins or, or grew raisins or, yeah. I suppose, grapes, dried grapes. That was a dumb thing to say, raised raisins, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was just the, it was the most recent one as I was reading through this because I'm like, this is, Jose is heavy. Like, it's one of the heavier prophets that I've read where it's like, Obviously, you get a lot of stuff in 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 the major prophets that's like moving through multiple kings and multiple kingdoms and all yep. these things where Israel is adulterous and is running away from God, even though he's proven over and over again that he is still going to be steadfast and forgiving and loving and like will constantly 
and has constantly won battles for them and trampled enemies underfoot. But then you get Hosea where it's flat out like y'all are messed up and you are so far from me. You are incredible. So far from me that like name your children that I'm not your God anymore. And it's like, whoa, that is heavy stuff, man. So yeah, it it was certainly, it was a, it was a gut punch where I'm like, this is heavy. And then out of nowhere, I get like, and you with those raisin cakes, you got (laughs) to stop it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got to ask. Well, I like, uh, it almost feels like it's targeted at like one dude in particular. <laughs> so, hey, look at all you guys worshiping these other gods, and you, Stan. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. And your cakes of raisins. Philip, we know about your raisin cakes. You've got to stop. <laughs> You're sneaking them during Temple. Stop it. I made it myself. I made- <laughs> but they're really good. It's not even dates. It's fruit raisins. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, fair enough. I appreciate that. All right, that's that's what I had for Ask the Pastor today. I just I had a couple things within the the minor prophets I've been in. Well, minor major profits that I've been in, and I'm sure I will have more uh, in the next coming weeks. Awesome. So, cool. Awesome. Right. I appreciate that. You're listening to Live from the Path. Hey, if you guys have any uh, questions for uh, Ask the Pastor, give us a phone call or a text message, 515-517-0085. If you're lucky, we could read your suggestion on the air. Uh, or What was that? Uh, that's that's uh, that's my Nathaniel voice. <laughs> um <laughs> Or we'll just, answer, I'll do my best to answer it over the old uh, chat, you know, whatever. Awesome. Whatever works out best. Uh, okay, I can't remember. Did you have Did you have one other thing tonight? Uh, I mean, I've got uh, Dear Life in the Past. Okay. Okay, let's, let's do them. Let's give some advice. Okay, all right. Dear Life in the Path, is there any way to end the holiday newsletter? Every Christmas, I get one from a particular family member, which invariably includes a list of their glowing accomplishments, expensive trips, etc., accompanied by lots of photos. Nobody else in our family sends these kinds of letters, and I don't know how they feel about receiving it. Last December, I couldn't even read it because it made me so depressed. My siblings and I are all in our 60s and 70s and spread out across the U.S. We have diverse lifestyles, incomes, etc., Most of us can't afford the kind of vacations this sibling writes about. Many of us also have personal, painful things going on in our lives, which we don't really want to discuss. Is it better to just not read the newsletter? I don't believe this sibling means to be insensitive, and I don't think I could ever bring the subject up for discussion. I just know I'm already dreading December's letter. Please let everyone out there know, no more holiday newsletters. What? So is there... The question is, is there a way to put an end to this? <laughs> Can you tell everybody in all situations and circumstances that Shut we, it should, down. we should stop with the newsletter? No more holiday newsletters ever. Because you are pr- months in advance anxious about getting a newsletter from someone in your family. It sounds like because you're like, shut up with your, your passiveness. You're jelly. You're jelly yeah. for whatever their situation is. And, like, the reality is you're 60, 70, or 70 years old. Like, you're like, everybody has, yes, everybody equally has things going on. Right. Everyone's parents are dying. Everyone's yep. friends are starting to die. People are getting hurt. People are losing jobs. People are retiring. Kids are causing trouble. People are getting pregnant. Like, whatever. Pick one. <laughs> yeah, statistically, you probably have enough of a family tree at this point in time that there are some rotten apples. Everybody's yeah. got some rough stuff. And so, like, uh, let's let's start with the simplest thing. Just don't read it. If you don't want to look at it. Yeah. As soon as it comes in, just go, oh, I know what this is, and throw it away. I did that today. I I was gone for two weeks. I took up my vacation mail. I looked at the outside of most of my mail and go, I don't care to read this, and I threw (laughs) it away directly. 
This is within your power. Go ahead and do it. But what if your brother Charles goes, hey, did you read my newsletter this year? No, I threw it out, Charles. I don't like reading newsletters. Leave me alone. Don't answer. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I I think that's fair. I, I, I think there's no reason to have a conversation. If you're going to be like this, which I, whatever, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that there's probably rough stuff going on in your life. But that does not mean that you have to like openly put a friggin' kibosh on all newsletters and then go, I hate this person. And they're so insensitive with their letters. Even if they are being, you know, braggadocious, they're sending a newsletter and part of their brain might be, I want to love my family and send them and update them on their grandkids or their, you know, grand uh, nephews and nieces and stuff like that. So, well, yeah, I mean, like there's probably a general principle here where you, you don't go like if, if your posturing in life is to go, I'm not very happy for whatever reason, thus I can't take in other people being happy. That's the unhealthy part. Yeah. It's that's not true. the newsletter's problem. Right. You should like I I have what I have friends and acquaintances, people who have considerable more resources or time or whatever than I do. And some of them get to do some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to hear about their cool stuff. Hey, right. check out this cool thing it did. Sweet, man. That's awesome. That's great for you. Like I'm not mad uh, yeah. because I'm not jelly. And so, like, I, the, the, I would deal. Don't deal with the newsletter problem. I think you need to figure out, like, if there, if if a newsletter is enough to bump you out, um, one, right. y- you need to work on your relationship with your siblings, uh, and two, I, there's probably something stuff you need to work out personally so that you can take out uh, handle these newsletters coming in. But like, I the, the newsletter really isn't the problem. It's 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 you. Yep. And I mean, I don't mean that to be cruel or anything, but like. You got to recognize that that you should be able to be happy for them yeah. in their success, and so if you have barriers to that, um, I just don't don't take the rest of the world with you. Um, figure out the right paths to kind of work through your stuff so that you can be happy for people who you are supposed to know and love, and uh, that they're doing fun things. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. You are worth more than the lies you're telling yourself that put you in a place that you're so like built on sand. That like anybody else's happiness is just rough to see. Yeah. So yeah, okay. you know one other thing I would say, and this is probably a broad caution, uh, but th- this has come up in my um, in some other conversations over the last few weeks, is that um, I, you, you do have to be super cautious about how how much you prescribe um, the things that are going on with you onto other people. Yeah. Right. So like, I think it's perfectly all right to go look. I I'm a curmudgeon, and I admit that about myself, and I don't uh, I don't want any newsletters. Take me off your list. I mean, that's okay. It's a far different thing to go, hey, tell everybody <laughs> no newsletters anymore. Like, what Shut down the whole thing. You're not the leader of a rebellion. <laughs> like, you just don't like something personally. And if you are the leader of rebellion and this is the way that you've chose to ignite your rebellion, yeah. I, I have news for you. It is not going to catch fire. Get the word out to the interwebs. <laughs> We're stopping with the oh, newsletters. Right. I just, like, I, I like there is a, uh, there's a humility in going, hey, I really care about this. Maybe other people will, but probably not. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it, like, it's okay to take a personal stand. It's very American to say, hey, <laughs> I, I will do my own personal thing, but, I, like, my right stops uh, at the ability to, you know, to swing my <laughs> arm stops the ability to hit somebody in the face. Uh, just don't look at the dang newsletter and uh, leave everybody else alone. All right. Secular says... Many folks send holiday newsletters because they are an easy way to stay in touch with friends and relatives they don't see or communicate with often. Unlike Facebook. (laughs) The letters are often polished up, even embellished, because everyone wants to present their best image. Also unlike Facebook. (laughs) 
Because these communications are often welcomed, I'm hesitant to advise readers not to send them. However, because you find them depressing, either shred them unopened or delete them if they have arrived electronically. Shred them. These are aggressive. That feels very aggressive. <laughs> like, like don't no, don't only throw it away. You need to shred it up to the point where it is unrecognizable <laughs> as a publication right. any longer. Lest you get drunk later and try to piece it back together. <laughs> Eliminate this so that you need some lexicon that allows you to be able to understand it in the future when you've had too much brandy in your eggnog. Oh, gosh. Okay. All yeah, right. that's aggressive. Just say, hey, discard it. Uh, don't look at it. Or save it for when you're feeling more jolly. <laughs> I read them five years at a time like I do my taxes. <laughs> Uh, dear Live for the Path, a month ago when I invited a coworker to a concert happening next month, he was so excited to go. But we had a big disagreement at work, and since then, we haven't found a way to get along. At this point, it might be more awkward than fun to go to a concert together, but mm. I feel stuck. If I take back my invitation, he can hold that against me. If I don't take it back, it could be an incredibly awkward night. Am I missing an option? What should I do? <laughs> yes, you're definitely missing an option. Buva, would you suggest a third way of which this might go No, better? these are the only two things I could think of, is you either eliminate it entirely, or you go and it's just awful. Yeah. That's it. Those are the only options, yeah, Ben. That's true. I had just, and I just have spitballing here, just something in the back of my mind. Oh, okay. Is you, you could attempt to reconcile this relationship and go in, in a jovial fashion. I should have thought of that. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Why didn't I think of that third option? It really felt like on the polar opposites were the only it. Here's the thing. It's either north or south. True north, true south. This Doesn't it seem like this is actually a very easy way to have this conversation? Like sometimes sometimes you end up in arguments with people and like it's super awkward to bring it back up. You just don't even know how to get past Uh the thing. It's easier just to kind of let it sit for a while. Right. And hope something relatively normal happens of which you can both then mutually agree you just moved on. Okay? And so, but that's not going to happen here uh, because you're up against something. So here's the deal. You have a very easy way to pull this person aside and go, hey, uh, I'm wondering, are you still interested in going to this uh, this concert? I know we've been having some some problems here, and I just, I, I thought I'd ask. Right. Start the convert, then they go, oh, uh, yeah, I'd still like to go. I said, okay, man, I don't want it to be awkward. How can we work through our stuff? Is there anything I can say or do? (laughs) I'm super curious about what a big disagreement at work means. Like, what? Like, is it you disagree on the politics of Nepal? Like, is that the big thing for you? Like, no, that's that's definitely not a problem. Yeah. But or is it like something along the lines of like maybe the person is lazy at work and you can't stand them any longer? I don't know. I don't think I care too much. But like, I just I'm curious. I really want to know what happened. I really think that an unfree Nepal. Is actually to their greatest benefit. What are your thoughts? Right, like, yeah, is it super politically controversial in that situation of like, no, 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 Tibet should absolutely be underneath Chinese rule. Like, no, no doubt about it. You're ridiculous. Don't free Tibet. <laughs> absolutely okay. Yeah. Okay, so, I suppose, yeah, uh, uh, alleviation of the situation could just be being an adult. Why don't you try to reconcile yeah. to start? And I and I frankly think that this is a good option to do so. You get to bring it up. I would ask them. There's no reason for you to have to set it all up and pre-plan it. Like, right. just go ask them and then take the temperature of the room, man. Maybe they hadn't even thought of that far ahead. Right. And uh, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't Reasonable people don't want to go into awkward situations and spend it all. Agreed. And so, you, like, they either will bow out on their own 
Or they'll go, man, I really want to go. Yeah. I should reconcile. It's it's okay. This is it feels like a crude example, but it's it's like sex, frankly. Like in in a normal marriage relationship, you reconcile because one of you wants to get it on. Like you get into some kind of some kind of tricky situation, and sometime or other, it's going to take it out, take a day, take take three or four days. But like somebody's going to want to have some sex, and uh, you're going to be forced to deal with your situation. And uh, and it's right, it's right. It's just something that brings makes you do things that you're otherwise too stubborn to do. That is that is interesting comparison. I'm just saying, it's 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 the one thing that happens in that relationship of which. Uh, it's best to reconcile before the things happen, and so you got to deal with the you got to deal with the things that are outstanding. This is so incredibly telling of some situations, and I'm terrified that this is going out on the internet now. So that's that's super fun, as that is your comparison, Ben. You tell complain like you tell me that ain't going on five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. If you're only on the audio podcast, I'm putting this thumb up and I'm leaving it up. Now here's the thing: if you tell me, Ben, I think that's only happening in your marriage. You keep screwing things up. <laughs> And you eventually want to get back with your wife and you think, well, I better better fix this. If that's just me, fine. I'm willing to hear that that's just me. I don't think so, though. I think this is happening. I think this is happening with married people everywhere. They're like, look, I'm kind of stuck with this person. This is the only place where I can get this type of attention. I better better uh, fix it. I better put the dishes away and resolve whatever problem I got outstanding. Oh, boy. That's a thing. Okay. All right. (laughs) Secular says, if you disinvite your coworker, it will create more bad feelings at work. If you follow through, the concert may provide an opportunity for the two of you to resolve your differences. That's what I'm like, CX. I, th- I think it's worth a try. <laughs> Is that what you always say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Move a slogan, sex, I think it's worth a try. <laughs> My in-laws watch that show. <laughs> Christmas is going to be a little weird this year. Whatever. I, they, they do the same thing. I'm just saying. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give me some shot here to leave this dear life from the past segment with any dignity. If your choice is lost, I want you to text this in the complaint line. Oh, gosh. Super excited to hear about this in the family chat. All right. We are uh, time for one more. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm, I'm on fire. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Dear life from the path. My dad always wants to know what I'm doing and expects me to help him all the time. Hmm. I invite him to events I'm having. I help him often because I'm his translator. Oh, geez. Since his English isn't very good. Hmm. We moved here almost 30 years ago. Okay. My dad does not do the same for me. I'm never invited anywhere and he never wants to tell me things. It's like pulling teeth to get an I love you out of him. How do I approach him about this without upsetting him? He's a very sensitive person. Is ben? He th- is he though? <laughs> what along the lines of what you just said before this... Do you have to say to this child, to their father who does not show them love? Uh, well, I I would be cautious. Uh, I mean, he sounds like a dude to me. What does that mean? Like he sounds like a fella, uh, like a dad who he loves looking like a man who loves his child and who like asks you know, hey, what what are you up to and how can I support you and blah blah blah. But like, who doesn't call his kid and go, hey, I'm I'm going out to coffee with a bunch of other old fellas. Do you want to come along? Or like, here's the random crap that happened to me during the day. I, I just, that seems kind of like a man thing to do is what she's describing. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I definitely didn't take it that way. Uh, it, it seemed like this seems like a schmuck of a dad. Like this person seems like they're asking for stuff from their kid all the time, but they're never reciprocating. 
Like the kid literally feels unloved and unappreciated. Yeah, but she said she said he doesn't tell me what his what is it what his day was like or like what's going on uh, with him. My dad does not do the same for me. I'm never invited anywhere, and he never wants to tell me things. Yeah, but yeah, but okay. I, again, I, this it could be it could be wrong. It could be rough behavior by the dad. Yeah, or it could just be dude behavior. Okay, like uh, I think it is it is not uncommon. For fellas to like, like, um, to, heck, I, I think I see this even, it doesn't even have to be like older fellas. They're just, stuff happens during the day and there's just people, they just don't go sharing with it. As a matter of fact, this happens, uh, I hear a lot of, of things that will uh, occur within our church community and, uh, the ladies will be chatting about it. Like they'll text each other right. and they'll get it like, and, uh, I'll know that something interesting happened to one of the dudes but I'll only know that it happened because it came up in the ladies' chat, and then my wife <laughs> shared it with me. These, these That's fellas, a very valid point. They didn't call and be like, hey, guess what? In fact, these people never call me. Like, these are my closest friends and the church community, and they don't call me up and tell me something happened. And so, like, I, I think it is kind of a dude thing to just accept something happened. They tell the person that's in, in the room with them at the time, yeah. and then they may not bring it up again to somebody else. Yeah. And so I wouldn't take that particular thing personally. And the like doesn't doesn't invite me out somewhere. I you know one of the considerations is is does he even does he know that you would be interested in going with him? It's fair. It's fair he, question. He might be like um, you know I got a daughter. I, she's twenty years younger than me. I, I look and I just presume she's got her own life and her own friends. Yeah. Why would she want to come out with an old fellow like me? Interesting. And so maybe I would start. Let's let's with no other information. I would start with the presumption. That uh, he doesn't recognize that these things are valuable, important yeah. to you, right? Um, in fact, his, I, mean, I presume his mom's her, the mom's not alive. It, kinda, I, it doesn't say that, but it kind of feels like it. Yeah, possible. Uh, I mean, whatever. She, she was probably married to this man. Probably had the same problem. He's just not super forthcoming and doesn't, you know, doesn't know that. Uh, in fact, there's all kinds of things I do in a given week that, like, it wouldn't occur to me that my wife would enjoy. And yeah. so I probably I wouldn't bring it up. And so why don't you start with um, presume that he's not doing this intentionally. And um, make it clear to him that you would enjoy spending time with him and you are interested in his life. And just it it may be like pulling uh, dentures a little bit to get him to share. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that that to to take it broader, um, fellas, I'm talking to you, um, realize that, like, if you have if you have ladies in your life, um, it sometimes is is important to try. And I, I emphasize try here. And put yourselves into their brains of of how they take things in. Like, because you may just be a sturdy oak stand kind of fella where, like, you never say I love you to them, but their their cars always have an oil change. Or, like, they always have t- they air in the tire. Or you put food on the table and stuff like that. And that is your way of showing love by taking care of them practically or something like that. I'm obviously, I'm I'm not trying to drive a stereotype. I'm just saying there are plenty of fellas like that out in the world. Sometimes it can mean the world to other people in your family if you take a step back and go, okay, how do I make certain that they know that they're loved versus the way that I would show it or want it shown to me? How do they want to feel it and have it felt to them? And so just take a step back. You can, I mean, if we're talking on the the grand scale of brownie points and stuff, you can freaking win a day if you just notice that, that your lady put forth some effort and like really tried to look pretty for work today or something. Like, it's crazy when you just go, wow, you look fantastic. And not like, you look much better than you did before, crap like that. But just, 
babe, I love you so much. You look amazing today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah. They could freaking paint their whole world in in amazing colors to just make a statement like that. Just saying. Yeah, you know, and it's probably a good um, it's probably a good thing to think about is is you can find out what is important to people by how they they treat you exactly. So like if if you find and in fact I was thinking about this earlier today. There are I probably got a handful of people that check in on me every, I don't know, week, every couple of weeks. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Hey, just checking in on your family, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. I am awful at this. Yeah. I am just Same. awful. I barely get, I, I have a hard time getting even getting back to these. Like, frankly, like they're happening often enough that like it's difficult. Uh, I'm just busy. And so yeah. I don't, I don't get back to some of these things. And I feel so bad because like they, these are people who I care about. They care about me. They've taken time out of their day to just check in on me. Right. And the reason they're doing that is they, when they think about how, what would make me feel loved and right. cared about, uh, is if someone did this to me. So I'm going to do it to other people. Yep. And so uh, these are probably the same five people where, you know, if I were to be thoughtful about them and reach out before they reached out to me, make like, their whole month. Right. Right. It means something to them, yep. which is it's ironic because it means very little to me. Yes. That right. they're doing it, but it does tell me. Um, that they are thoughtful people and they probably value that type of thing. Yep. And so that's how they, they show love, how they understand love. Yep. And so uh, dudes are harder, older dudes especially, like um, they don't show love very easily. So it's very difficult to tell how it is that they see love, yep. except for to, to your point, like they do things by acts of service. Right. Like, hey, man, I bought enough tools that my children will not surprise me. Exactly. Whatever they got going on, I have it. Yep. It's there. It's there to be borrowed. It's there to be used. I took care of my family. Right. Now, you won't trying to take trying to take care of your actually what I said it doesn't always work because if you then try to reverse and take care of your dad, you'll <laughs> be like, like I'm a grown man, I can handle myself. Exactly. So like I, I just be, be can th- I, I just recognize right. um how people are behaving, but like yeah. it tells you something and uh and so it's a good place to start. I yep. think that's right. Totally fair. Okay. All right, Secular says, it seems your father is not only sensitive but also secretive and entitled. But what? Most relationships are reciprocal. His relationship with you is not. This could be because of the culture in which he grew up. Because this bothers you, you need to tell your father how you feel about it. Nothing will be resolved unless you do. That's harsh. Like, I don't know if we... Having having a difficulty communicating love is different than just not having it at all. What was what was her... Did I, maybe I misunderstood this. What was the description we got about what she did for him? My dad always wants to know what I'm doing and expects me to help him all the time. I invite him to events I'm having. I help him often because I'm his translator since his English isn't very good. We moved here almost 30 years ago. That's when it flips to he does not do the same to me. Yeah, I don't. She invites him to things that she's doing. Yes. Um, also, we don't know she. Oh, could be a dude. Could be a dude. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that is, I, that's presumptuous to me. Yeah. I I don't know. Like if the man needs help, if he's an older, I I guess I'm presuming he's an older gentleman. I mean, maybe not. We moved here almost 30 years ago. We meaning that the child was probably at least already born and yes, we could be 50. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, I, I think it's presumptuous and I'm guessing I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. It could be that, that he's, you know. Texas or like yeah could be whatever all kinds of things but it like, doesn't seem to point that way but I don't it could think be. that yeah. sniffs right and and I, I think um I, I think secular may have misread yep I agree misunderstood the situation okay, okay.
Hey, you've been listening to the Life in the Path. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. We really do appreciate it. We love your feedback on the show, 515-517-0085. Call or text, and you're going to share your uh, proselytization stories, uh, whether you've attempted or someone's attempted on you. We also, uh, I want some validation. I mean, uh, is it right to think that uh, sexual relations are a reason that marriages reconcile? <laughs> reconcile? I no, can't believe this is a No threat. one has ever said that that wasn't Bill Clinton. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> 515-517-0085. Please support me in my disgust for how Ben is handling this situation. I've been right. I've been wrong before. I just don't think I'm wrong here. Okay. Uh we're gonna we're gonna cut this thing off. Uh we'll see. The rest of the fellas might be back, uh, Doug, on it the next time we get uh get around to another show. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.